You've found a show that will explore how to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is both focused and balanced. Welcome to Live Exceptionally. In a world where we are constantly bombarded with demands on our time and attention, it can be difficult to find the space to truly live our best lives. But what if we could find a way to live exceptionally with a sense of purpose, freedom, and rest? Whether you're a busy professional, a stay-at-home parent, or anyone who wants to live a more focused and balanced life, this show is for you. Join us as we discover how to live exceptionally, finding freedom and rest along the way. Now, let's get into this week's episode of Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Welcome back to Live Exceptionally, where we equip people with keys and tools to experience a kingdom lifestyle that is purposeful, focused, and balanced. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. And stay connected with us at elisi.org to know about events, inspirational media, and more. Well, this month, we continue our focus on an overall theme of kingdom-minded entrepreneurs in the marketplace. We're hearing from women who founded, own, and work in their own businesses. We're hearing their stories related to challenges and successes and how they maintain whole wellness as they oversee their business. And this week, we're speaking to Tammy Chepek, who is CEO and founder of We Inspire We. And she is an executive leader and coach as well. Hi, Tammy. Hi, thank you for having me today. It's good for you to be here. Thank you so much uh, for joining. Uh, so before we get started in uh, today's topic, how about you go ahead and briefly share about yourself and background? Yeah, so my name is Tammy Chapik. I'm um, an executive leadership coach, and I started my business uh, a little over six years ago under the premise of giving everybody the opportunity to figure out how to be the best leader that they can be. Um, we all have great gifts and talents within us, and we don't often get to tap into those or realize the true beauty and, and uh, I say, greatness that we have. And so my whole focus, my whole mission in life is to help people discover that, to lean into that, and to step into bigger, more bolder positions to be both successful, but also more satisfied in their lives and also to carry forward a more positive impact in the world around us. Um, I've been doing this, um, I feel like I've been doing this my whole life, but started the business, like I said, a little over six years ago. And I'm so pleased that it's been able to keep growing. Um, I'm, I now have eight coaches that work with me on the team, including uh, I call her my career storyteller who helps people with their resumes and LinkedIn profiles when they're looking to change careers too. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about the We Inspire We purpose, mission, and focus? Even your uh, company name, We Inspire Me. I know that has a We Inspire We uh, background uh, on that uh, company name. Yeah. It's funny, you know, my life prior to starting this business was in marketing and advertising and um, I know the power of branding. And so one thing that was really important to me as I thought about this is really it's about community and it's about individuals coming together to support each other, to lift each other up, to help each other. I have a big heart for women and supporting underrepresented groups and getting ahead. And I really believe in, you know, you know, women helping women and, and helping to advance each other. So I designed the company and branded the company We Inspire We so that it's a group of people coming together to inspire and uplift each other. 
our tagline is inspiring leaders, amplifying impact, because I truly believe that one person can make a significant difference. And there's a ripple effect in everything that we do, both positively and negatively. Um, so our mission is really around helping each individual, right, learn their impact, their power, their truth, how to lean into that, how to make that positive impact difference and change in the world, and how to recognize the ripple effect to, to optimize it as best as can be, ultimately to help more uh, level out the playing field and help individuals you know, to, to live in a more peaceful, equitable world. I love when you talk about that a part of your mission is amplifying impact and that we all, rather, regardless of what circle we're in, job, family, we're making some type of impact, you know, whether it's our next door neighbor, yeah. whether it's our family. Um, so when you talk about amplifying impact, uh, would you like to just talk a little bit more about how you go about doing that? I think that is so key. Yeah, right. And it's it's um, a couple of things that, you know, I, it came... I came to realize very uh, the the power of a little thing. You know, we call me you know, like small acts of kindness or a smile. You know, um, this goes way back to my early college days. I went to a, a school and everybody said hiding each other on the sidewalk. And you know, just like you did, you wanted like you smile or you have a reaction to it. So these tiny little things that we do can can make an impact to somebody's life. And so what I believe is that you know by allowing each of us to understand the authentic versions of ourselves, our values, our gifts, the things that we have inherent to us and leaning into those versus changing who we are and somebody that we're not. Um, life becomes so much easier. We are so much happier. Then that happiness can cascade on to the next person and the next and the next, right? So imagine just a little bubble, right? So you, maybe you have four people that report to you in an office setting. So as a leader, Every day you impact those four people in a significant way. So if you're in a good mood, if you're a great leader, if you're empowering them, they're going to be happy. They're going to smile. They're going to carry that impact for too. And then each of them has, let's say, four people around them that they come into contact with on a daily basis. So right there, you've gone from you being one person to impacting 15 people and so forth and so forth, right? So it goes really, really fast, becomes a significant amplification, amplification um, of, of the power and what you can do and having the intention and mindset and focus on really being the best version of yourself, helping other people be the best versions of themselves. It's only going to create positive and significant impact. That's really good. And even just from a coach perspective and from a leadership perspective, encouraging people to know that they're in everything that they're doing, there's some element of impact. Sometimes everything. Right. Sometimes I think there's a lot of focus on like big type of uh, contributions that we make, but even in just being nice to someone uh, yeah. can change someone's life. I remember a story I read about a person that was working in the drive through and not to be morbid, but this particular person was having a really bad day and was thinking about uh, suicide and he felt like what he did wasn't really important and that no one really paid attention to him. And one lady, he had said, if no one spoke to him, that he was just going to go through it. And then one lady happened to just stop and say, hello. And thank you. It was very kind to him. And it, it changed uh, his perspective just in that instant. And so her being nice and her just smiling and taking the time to speak mm -hmm. to him uh, was a small, it may have seemed like a small thing, but it had a huge impact in a life decision, 
uh, change that he he made. It's such a great story and a great example because really it's it's those little things that matter so much more than the big things and the everyday things, right? So you know, the the smile, even just the attitude that you carry around, the energy that you're carrying around with you. I think sometimes we think we're better actors than we are. You know, we're upset having a bad day, whatever's going on. We think we're masking it, um, but we carry it with us. Other people can feel it. They are impacted by it. So, you know, having that mindfulness, that self-awareness and understanding of what's going on for us and choosing, do I want this to be the face that I'm bringing forth? Or is there something else that I'd like to be known for that I'd like to to carry forth to impact those around me? Right. One of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about today was about burnout. How do we effectively manage uh, burnout as leaders? And I know you interact with a lot of professionals and uh, women business leaders. I mean, we serve on a board uh, together. And one of the things that I consistently hear is around people struggling to balance their life um, with family, job, volunteer positions, uh, ministry type engagements, and all these types of things, and tending to feel burnout or overwhelmed by all the things that uh, they have to juggle. What do you think are some of the key contributing factors around burnout? What, What are you seeing with the people that you coach? Yeah, it's interesting because I think in our society, especially kind of coming out of COVID with uh, massive hiring and massive layoffs, um, you know, um, we're all being tasked to do more with less, um, less resources, less support, um, you know, less people around us, you know, positively or negatively. So there's just, it's just more and more and more. And I find that leaders seem to be, the attitude is if I take on more then I'm going to get promoted faster or I'll be more successful. So the more I do, the better it is. When in fact, that's kind of the opposite. Um, There's a a really powerful stat I I heard um, that once you get past the average person, once you work past 40 hours a week, you lose productivity by 50%, like five zero. Um, So you think about that, right? So if you're packing in your days and you're just adding more, 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 you're not going to be moving as efficient. You're not going to be as productive. You're going to be running on CEOs, right? Right. You're sacrificing self-care. You're sacrificing things that are going to fill you up, right? With the job, with the, you know, the things that you feel are obligations or requirements, or I like to call them the shoulds. Like we always feel like we should be doing these things, right? Um, And I think a lot of burnout is also just, you know, we tend to carry a lot of emotions around the the things, right? That we should, the the to-do list. Um, We tend to feel guilty if we say no, uh, or if we try to prioritize a personal need over somebody else's need. Um, I think women in particular really suffer from that. And there's a lot of, some of it's societal, some of it's the nurturing qualities, but I think there's a lot that people carry with them where there's, um, you feel guilty, you feel shame if you're right. prioritizing yourself over somebody else. But, you know, go back to that productivity step, right? Like if you're on fumes or like, you know, you hear people say that the airport analogy, right? If you're on a plane, and it starts to go down and yeah, your mask come out. You put it on yourself first because you can't help anybody else if you can't breathe, right? So the same thing holds true. And I think, you know, we're just in a world where we need to learn how to have better boundaries. We need to have better the ability to better maintain what we need to stay as full as possible, to be as productive, innovative, creative as possible and to allow, you know, you know the rest of that goodness to 
keep flowing. Um, I think a huge part of it is self-awareness too, and, and really taking the time to be reflective and to pay attention to you know all aspects of your body, all aspects of wellness, mind, body, soul, spirit, right? Like we want to, you need to know what's feeling right and what isn't at any given time and how to, how to take care of that. Yeah. You know, in my book, I actually talk about that whole diminishing return on productivity that a lot of times, you know, even for myself, I would think about times where I would stay up trying to get more work done, but then because I couldn't concentrate, I was so tired or even sleepy, it was taking me longer to complete the task that I was so focused on. Whereas if I would have just, you know, shut down and then start fresh the next day, more I would have more energy, I would be more alert and be able to approach that task in a better, in a frame of mind to actually work a bit quicker because I had refreshed myself. Uh, so I think that's so true. <laughs> yeah. But but we tend to just power through. And I heard this, um, I teach a boundaries class and I was, I was, I learned something from somebody else that I borrowed <laughs> to pull into the class. Um, but I, it's so powerful and it's okay. I'll share it here, but it's really, you know, we, we tend to think of things being so gray, right? I'll just keep powering through. I'll get it done. It'll be fine. Um, but it's a, it's a direct yes and no. It's a direct correlation, right? So when I say yes to working late, I'm saying no to sleep. Or when I say yes to taking on that extra project on saying no to dinner out with friends or time with my children or whatever those things are, it is a one for one. And we like to pretend that it's not, you know, it's okay. There's always more time, but there isn't, you know, time is the only non-renewable resource. We cannot get more of it. So every time we add more, we keep rushing through those things or keep working harder, longer, whatever. Or even on COs, to your point, I worked so late and it, if I would have just taken a break, it would have been so much better. Um, but we said we said yes to that and we said no to taking care of ourselves. Right. And not alone, not even uh, with that is the fact that when it takes longer, but also when you have to, when you start making mistakes and having to redo or yeah. revisit, you know, the things that you had been working on because of not being alert or being too tired or, or sleepy. Right. But you think you can do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so what do you think are some of the key stigmas? Like when you look at some of the people that you're working with, uh, are there any key stigmas that you that come to mind as you're working with them that people have uh, that prevent them from really managing themselves or that self-awareness that you talk about? Yeah, I mean, I think. I don't know about stigmas necessarily, but I think it's about, you know, we don't, we move fast in our society, in our world. We're expected to move fast professionally, right? Um, we don't take the time. We don't pause. We don't take time to reflect. We don't take time to self-assess, do body scans. We don't take, we just don't take the time um, typically. Um, and we don't tend to prioritize again our, our, ourselves over other things. Um there's a lot of a lot of things that come back, you know, when you do take the time. Um, for example, I know a lot of women suffer from, you know, I've got to go pick up my kid. Well, you're not going to be able to attend this meeting then, or you're not going to be able to complete this project then. And there's a lot of judgment around that. Right. Um, about a lot of judgment around, you know, like, are you committed to the job? Or, you know, of course. Um, you know, I think there's a lot that, that's associated with being able to do everything. And a lot of people suffer from feeling like they, they're a failure because they can't do everything perfectly. 
Right. Um, and they, they say, you know, good is good is the enemy of great or great is the enemy of good. Oh, you know, right? Like we tend to, we want to be excellent and excel at everything. And then we put our expectations super duper high and can't meet them. Then the motivation goes away. Our ability to keep shining goes away, you know? So and it, there's a lot of things I think that, that play into it. And a lot of judgment we put on ourselves more yeah. than anybody else does. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, we tend to think everyone's looking at us and judging us and thinking about, or, you know, looking at us through the same hard, hard lens that we're looking at ourselves through, but you know, everyone else is looking at themselves that same way. They're not paying as much attention to you as you think that they are. But I think we could just kind of reframe our minds a little bit to, to understand everybody's got a battle to fight. Everybody's got priorities and things to manage. And if we all gave each other a little bit more grace, it'd be so much easier to navigate. Yeah, I think that that is so good. And when you talk about the grace, giving ourselves grace, because even, I mean, with your being an entrepreneur and a lot of times your deadlines that you set are, I'm sure, your own deadlines. <laughs> there might be client deadlines that take place. But for people who work in marketplace or corporate environments where a lot of the deadlines or the pressure are outside of their control, you know, just how how do you what's your thoughts on how to manage the external factors that we actually can't control? It's a great question. Um, and I think tendency is, well, I have this deadline. I have to do it. You know, there's kind of, you're yeah. coming from a place of fear or again, that obligation. Um, but I don't think people communicate well enough. I don't think people manage expectations for self or others um, or communicate what's all on their plate. So I'm a huge advocate of managing up in those kinds of situations, right? Mm -hmm. You know, hey, boss, I have these five projects that you've assigned to me and I'm I'm thrilled to work on all of them, but they're all kind of due at the same time. And it seems, you know, quite impossible to do a good job on all of them at the same time. So is there something that you'd recommend I focus on over another? Is there a deadline that could shift? You know, almost putting it back on your boss or someone else to help you make those decisions so it doesn't come back as that you dropped the ball or didn't do it. You know, it's, it is a little bit of vulnerability, but it's also you making sure people really understand what all is on your plate. You know, I don't think oftentimes even direct bosses understand everything that's on our plate. And sometimes we take it on ourselves, you know, it's that we do a little martyr syndrome, right? Um, we take on more than we necessarily have to. And so some of it is an evaluation. Is this mission critical? Does this have to happen? Do I have to do it? Is there someone else who can do it? Those kinds of questions are great to ask, but I'm a huge, huge advocate for communication. What else, what else all going on? Let's lay it out on the table and let's work through the best path and how to solve for it. You've shared some uh, great techniques and uh, also things that we can use to uh, combat that. It's like being proactive, how to head off being overwhelmed. And we, and we might even experience being slightly overwhelmed, but avoiding where we're going over the cliff of being burned out. And, you, yeah. you know, you've talked about boundaries. You've talked about grace and you've talked about communication and, and communication is actually a new one that I've heard that you've shared that I haven't heard anyone else share because at the end of the day, when we communicate, that's actually setting up a boundary, you know, to say, this is what I have on my plate. This is what I'm working on. You know, I have this much capacity. And sometimes we could actually be setting our own selves up because we're not communicating and letting people know yeah. what we have going on. Yeah. 
I have a, I wrote an article that is one of my favorites that I've written and it, it was inspired by Brene Brown. She talks about expectations in her book, Atlas from the Heart. Um, and, you know, and just really resonating with me because we tend to think everybody else knows, you know, again, we, we think everyone's watching us and knows exactly what's going on in our worlds. And so there's a lot of assumption that comes out um, without communication. And so she calls them stealthy expectations. And her example mm -hmm. is, you know, uh, my stealthy expectation is my husband takes the trash out and I'm mad at him when he doesn't take the trash out. Well, she never asked him to take the trash out. There was no agreement that he always takes the trash out, right? So it's an expectation that she had in her mind that he didn't understand and never got. Mm -hmm. So I wrote an article about that, basically thinking about expectations, but breaking it into a quadrant. Because life is all expectations. Everything that we do is about managing expectations of others, of ourselves, whatever we're you know, we're putting out, we have expectations for people are going to get back to us. It's everything. And that certainly ties with communication. And so really it's, you know, are, have, have your expectations been communicated? Yes or no. And have they been heard slash understood? Yes right. or no, right? You might say it once and you might get a, you know, a blind head nod, right? But if it hasn't really sunk in, it doesn't mean anything. And I think if we can really focus on communicating our expectations or needs, and making sure people hear us, you know, things would be so much more smooth. And it goes back to workload, right? My expectation is I work a 40, maybe 50 hour work week, whereas I'm feeling like you want me to work 80, <laughs> right? Like, like Lahal said this expectation, but if we don't communicate and we don't talk about it and we don't get it out there, there's never going to be a resolution. There's going to be a mismatch in expectations or where people are looking. I think that is such a powerful uh, statement because a lot of times the emotional angst that we, I think all of us experience, tie back to we have an expectation of something or someone and it did not measure up to what we expected. So we were disappointed, uh, which then causes us to be frustrated or upset or, you know, whatever the emotional response is. Uh, but if we can sharpen our skills as it relates to communicating and it's funny because I'm a advocate for being a, a communicator and a strong communicator uh, but then sometimes it doesn't always carry through uh, I think for all of us people who say that they're good communicators in some of these other areas for whatever reason yeah. I'm not sure maybe because it's someone we report to or maybe if we're an entrepreneur we have our own business because of the client expectations, the burden we put on ourselves that our clients expect this from us, our customers expect this from us. So I have to do this. Uh, where sometimes maybe if we just communicated that, you know, there's a delay or what are the other area or restriction that has taken place that most often people would be obliged to understand or to, to give us grace. Absolutely. And it gets back to them not knowing what else is on your plate or what else is going on or why there's an issue that you might need a time extension for, right? If they don't know it, <laughs> they're never going to offer you, uh, you know, an extra two weeks to get the thing done, right? Like, but if they know something's wrong, yeah, that grace, that humanity can really come into play. And it's a great relationship builder, right? It's yeah. going to connect you at a, in a deeper way. Right. Well, I mean, one of the number one reasons or in the top reasons for uh, relationship failure is it could be money, but most often is based on communication, uh, unvoiced expectations or concerns that are never talked through or uh, discussed. Uh, 
uh, so what you've been sharing is, I think, really helpful, uh, not just for women in general, but just people in general. How do we set guardrails around that cliff of being burnt out? How do we avoid burnout and setting boundaries, being self-aware, giving ourselves grace? And I really, really like that technique when you talk about just being a great communicator and not just communicating you know, in general, but taking a step forward to be vulnerable, to be vulnerable and sharing uh, our capacity, what we have on our plate and limitations around what we can actually take on or even in terms of meeting uh, various deadlines. For We Inspire We and your being an executive coach, uh, can you want to just share a little bit more before we close what your closing thoughts are, what you actually do if someone wants to reach out? Um, to work with you, work with your firm? Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, my website, I think you've had on, on here, weinspirewe.com. Um, on there, we have tons of information about the services that we offer, as well as links to uh, for a free consultation. But ultimately, we work with individuals who are looking to elevate themselves professionally or personally. It's, they go hand in hand. There's no separation in my mind. Um, but really, you know, you want something more, you know, you have the ability to give and serve, right? You have something bigger for you. You want to be the best leader possible, the best version of yourself possible. So with coaching, we work to help you identify those things. I always say two simple questions. Who are you and what do you really want? Um, simple, but maybe hard questions to answer. And so coaching will take you through that process of answering those, putting goals together, action plans together and getting you there. So I have a team of coaches who helps we help people do that every day. We also do leadership and career training programs. So we'll go into companies or into nonprofit groups, um, such as the United Way um, or other groups um, that we I've done volunteer work with. Um, we'll go in and help facilitate different conversations or help run different types of um, development programs. Um, and then I also personally offer keynote speaking engagements um, and a book, a book soon to be published. So watch for that to come too. Yes, I'm excited about your book. Uh, that's how we first talked about your being on the podcast. I wanted to go ahead and move forward with your having um, or having you on the show. And once your book is published, we can have you back to talk about some of those fantastic <laughs> tools that you uh, have planned for that. Well, thank you so much, uh, Tammy, uh, for being here. It's been an enlightening uh, discussion. I think the service that you offer as a coach is very well needed. You know, a lot of times when we navigate changing careers or changing companies or even just moving up in a company, it helps to have someone who is like objective versus someone that's in the company we work for, um, someone outside of our sphere, giving us uh, tips and coaching to help navigate that upward process. I totally agree. And it's, um, it's best intentions, people around us or, you know, friends, family, are. Uh, people we work with, best intentions, but they're looking at it through their own lens and there's some bias in there. So you want to have someone who can be your cheerleader and advocate for you and help set you up for success. Definitely. Thanks again. Well, that's all the time that we have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for another episode of Live Exceptionally. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and share with others on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform. And stay connected with us at elisi.org. Have an exceptional week. God bless. 
Thanks for joining us for Live Exceptionally with Dr. Yvonne Thompson. Each week, we'll explore the secrets to living a life that is both intentional and fulfilling. We'll talk to folks that will share about productivity, mindfulness, and self-care to learn practical tips and strategies for staying focused, managing our time, and finding balance within a kingdom mindset. We'll also hear from people who have made the choice to live exceptionally and learn from their experiences and insights. Connect with Dr. Yvonne by signing up at elici.org. That's E-L-I-C-I dot org. Until next time, we're praying that you find balance and rest so you can live exceptionally.